Hi everyone, welcome and welcome back to Sincerely See, the podcast by Jen Rise. Now we've all heard or learned about the Holocaust, the genocide that killed at least 6 million Jews in cold blood. But there's a much more recent one that has been extremely underreported in the news and on social media. Today we'll be discussing the genocide on Uyghurs Muslims in China. So before we begin, I wanted to give a short summary on the history of Uyghurs in China. They're a Turkic-speaking group that mainly lives in a northwestern part of China. So the city is called Xinjiang and it borders um, a lot of countries, some of them being Russia, Mongolia, Pakistan, etc. The Uyghurs have had a lot of history in China and they're even mentioned in some Chinese documents in the 3rd century. As the population started to increase around the 8th century, they've established um, a few kingdoms, but they've always been short-lived and have been overrun by other groups in China. One of the most recent attempts to become independent is in the 1930s, where they established East Turkestan republics, but it was ultimately snuffed out by the Communist Party of China in the 1940s when Mao Zedong came into power. And according to the Congressional Research Service, as most as of the most recent research that has come out, the Uyghurs make up about 45% of the 24 million um, people living in Xinjiang. Over the last two decades, the majority group in China, called the Han Chinese, have been going and migrating to Xinjiang for for the new economic opportunities that have started to arisen. Unrest started to increase when many Uyghurs complained about the Han Chinese benefiting more from the economic opportunities than they were. And tensions and unrest would only increase after that. In July 2009, there was a violent outbreak that happened in Xinjiang, and it was reported that almost 200 people, mostly Han Chinese, were killed, and many were injured. There were also records of knife attacks and suicide bombing incidents, and the Chinese um, insisted that these were the doings of extremists or separatists of the Muslims. The government started to arrest and sentence many suspected Uyghurs to jail. And this would only get worse. In 2017, the Chinese government started their new phase on um, cracking down these extremists and they set up these re-education camps for these quote-unquote extremists. And I quote this because from articles that have come out, a lot of these detained Uyghurs um, have, were you know, detained because they were 
praying in public or they were wearing their headscarf. Or- yeah, in the camps, there's reports that the Chinese authorities are forcing these Uyghur Muslims to eat pork. And there's also chilling reports that they're sterilizing the Uyghur women to control the Uyghur population. And I want to highlight that um, these people that have been detained have been ra- have been randomly taken forcibly from their homes and they've have done nothing wrong. They've been charged with no crimes. They're not allowed to get lawyers. Essentially, they're being uh, forcibly detained because they're Muslim and they're expressing their religion. There are records that suggest that those who have been detained have been targeted by Chinese authorities. According to the Council of Foreign Relations, there have been some detainees who have been targeted. Uh, quote, maybe because they've traveled or have been in contact with any people from countries that China considers sensitive, such as Turkey, Afghanistan, etc., or if they've uh, attended services at mosques, or if they have been wearing uh, their hijabs or showing signs of expressing their religion. Moving on, in July of 2019, Xinjiang officials uh, claimed that they had released most of their detainees. However, so many relatives and family members of these detainees still have not heard back from them and they still have not come home. And this you know, raises the question of where they went and if they were really released. So there's been a lot of reports that show that they've been sent to factories and labor camps to work and if they don't they're you know threatened to go back the possibility of going back to these detention camps and if you're not convinced yet that there is concentration camps happening in 2020 which i wouldn't be either this should confirm and leave no room for a question that there is a genocide happening in China. In November of 2019, more than 400 pages of authentic Chinese documents were leaked to the public, and these verified documents detailed and outlined specific instructions to Xinjiang officials on how they should respond to the disappearing and missing relatives and members of the Uyghur community. So these documents are basically a series of questions and answers that the Chinese government expected worried members of the community to ask, rightfully so, about their missing relatives or their missing neighbors. So essentially, it's 400 pages of this script that Xinjiang officials were to follow if they were asked any of these questions. Starting off, the first one, the most obvious one, would be where's my family and the answer for this one is quote they're in a training school set up by the government quote this script also states that these detained you know relatives or people were not charged of anything they did nothing wrong and they were not criminals but they weren't allowed to leave and later in the script Another uh, prescribed answer, according to the New York Times, stated that 
students were to be told that their behavior could either shorten or extend the detention of their relatives or family members. And this threat clearly shows China's intent to keep these concentration camps as secretive and private as possible. They are clearly silencing and oppressing the family members of the detained Uyghurs. And these threats have clearly been working. Adding in the limited news we get from China and those that haven't been, you know, tainted by Chinese officials, those outside the U.S. can really rely on the leaked documents and the sources of people who have escaped from these camps. These documents clearly show that um, the Chinese government is systematically oppressing and trying to essentially brainwash the Uyghur population and you know taking away their culture and their religious beliefs. And after these documents were leaked, a lot of countries demanded China to release these prisoners and demanded them for answers. You know, the United States, for example, they blacklisted around 28 companies that have been linked to the Xinjiang concentration camps and they would not be able to purchase from U.S. companies. Moreover, in October 2019, the U.S. government placed visa restrictions on Chinese officials that have been complicit or responsible in these concentration camps. More recently, in June of 2020, the Trump administration signed a law that mandated that companies made sure that what their products and materials and their labor were not from these concentration camps or these or from forced labor. However, the problem with this is that huge companies such as Nike or Gap, they have so many uh, factories that they don't even know themselves specifically where their materials or labor is coming from. And this makes it really hard to track because they're such huge companies. They really have no idea if their labor is coming from these concentration camps in Xinjiang. Also, the United Nations and um, the Human Rights Watch have condemned China and also called on them for answers and to demand the release of these prisoners. Next, I wanted to move into photo and video evidence that has come out um, of these concentration camps. Some journalists in 2017, um, by observing satellite images, found that, quote, 39 of the camps almost tripled in size between April 2017 and August 2018. And now the size, it's now the size of about 140 soccer fields, quote, according to the Council of Foreign Relations. And it's is probably, the size has probably increased more by now. Moreover, there is a video that was posted anonymously on YouTube around September 2019, and it's drone footage that is allegedly showing a Chinese authority 
transferring the Uyghur prisoners from camp to camp. In the video, it appears to be Uyghur Muslims and other minorities on the floor on their knees with blindfold and handcuffs behind their back. Their heads are all shaved and they're all wearing blue or yellow uniforms. And you can check this video out. Everything will be linked in the description. A researcher from the Australian Strategic Policy Institute's International Cyber Policy Center, Nathan Ruser, uh, quote, according to the, the Guardian, used clues in the footage, including landmarks and the position of the sun to verify the video, quote, and using these clues, he believes that this video was shot in a train station west of Korla in southeast Xinjiang of August 2018. Now, as of the time that I'm recording this, the situation has gotten more and more worse, and it gets worse by the day. And although there's m more attention shed uh, to this issue since it started in, uh, tw in 2017, there's still not enough, and it's still extremely underreported in the press. And because of the limited news that we're able to get from journalists who and spies who have snuck in, it's still, it's, it makes it even harder to get information, but the evidence is crystal clear that there's concentration camps and forced labor of these Uyghur Muslims. While I was researching this, I came across multiple organizations that were made to help the Uyghurs Muslims. So starting off, you can contact your congressional representative to urge them to co-sponsor the Uyghurs Forced Labor Prevention Act. I will link the website. The organization is called Uyghur Human Rights Project and the link will show you many ways you can help and it will send you directly to the action page where it already has a pre-written message that you can send to your senator and your representative. There's also multiple petitions linked on that website. One of the petitions is by Freedom United and on that link, you can read Rahima Mamut's story. She is a Uyghur activist who's from Xinjiang. According to freedomunited.org, Rahima has been un unable to return home since she went to the UK in 2000. And the last time she's heard from her family back in Xinjiang was in 2016. Communication with Rahima's family back in Xinjiang became very limited and her family stopped calling and they stopped picking up when she called. And in the winter of 2016, after missed after weeks and weeks of missed calls, she was finally able to be connected to her oldest brother and he answered in Chinese instead of their usual Arabic greeting and he told her that she should not contact them anymore and they should not communicate. That was the last time she talked to her family back in winter of 2016 and to this day she still does not know their conditions. She has no idea if they've been imprisoned or they've been forced to work. More of her story can be found in the link and at the bottom of her story you can add your name to the petition to end the Uyghur forced labor. Another petition listed is from change.org called No Rights, No Games. As of right now, China is 
hosting the 2022 Winter Olympic Games in Beijing. However, you can sign this petition to urge the International Olympic Committee to reconsider having the 2022 Olympics in Beijing, unless China closes these concentration camps. And lastly, another great way we can help is to educate ourselves and to share the petitions and to spread awareness about this cultural genocide that is happening right now. As always, I'll have the links and the sources I used in the description. Thank you for listening.